Here we go. Okay. Attention. The movie guys love movies. Any comments about a movie missing a perfectly acceptable opportunity for gender reversal are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right, Ben-Hur? And... And he's a hyphenate. I never knew he was hyphenate. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll so discuss must, that later. it must be his married name. Her or something is his married <laughs> name. Is he like a uh, uh, Philip Michael Thomas? <laughs> is like he that? hyphen? Of Millerith Baxter Bernie. <laughs> Who did Ben marry? Who did Judah marry to be Ben? Judah? Her. His name is Jen. Buddha Jen. <laughs> Judah Ben, right? <laughs> ben Hurt didn't look ahead to see the Ghostbusters coming. Because, yeah, you could have gone Ben-Hur, you mm-hmm. get Emily Blunt or whatever, and then yeah. you're, you're off, off to go. Yeah. yeah. They blew it. Missed opportunity. Welcome to the Movie Showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling Movie Guys empire. We're not stolen. We're, We're put, put away. away. You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two to right, uh, we bring them together right here what? on the show. Easy for you to Every say. week. Mm. We bring you rants, sketches, previews, characters, jokes, bits, banter, special guests, and more. You can expect that in the next hour or so as we broadcast from our studio, the Admirals Club, in the heart of Burbank Airport's flyover zone. Every week we bring you a brand new show. Absolutely. You know, Paul, wow. I actually had the money for the show tonight, but unfortunately, on my way over. Uh-oh. I saw a really hot game of three-card Monty and wanted to try out my new system. Don't you take, like, the 405 here? <laughs> uh, I need to work on that's my how system. Big, that's how big the system is. Yeah. You pulled yeah. over. From the freeway. From the freeway. Oh, In Southgate. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, the system still needs some refining. Oh, okay. I lost a little bit of money. Mm. Ergo, I don't have it for the show tonight. I understand that. But, uh, but take heart. Yes? The show is free. Oh, wonderful. Oh. Uh, that goes for like everybody. Yeah. All, right. All right. So if you've clicked on this, we're not charging you. If you want, I'll share my three-card money system uh, yes, with you later. I think that would probably be helpful. Off the air. Okay. Doesn't everyone have a system for three-card Monty? I don't even know how to I play that. I tried a blackjack system once. <laughs> Didn't work. And here the we odds are. are never in your no. favor, to quote. <laughs> As they games. say, Vegas was not built on winners. No. Oh, well, yeah. Someone, our friend John Sweeney said, yeah, he's been to Atlantis in... Uh, the Bahamas. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you don't walk up to Atlantis and go, "Oh, I got a chance." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so listen, follow us on so, uh, follow us on social Cuban-y. media at the Movie Guys on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also free, and please get interactive. Basically, just search the Movie Guys on Yahoo, Bing, or Google. 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 And we come right up. I'm your host for the hardest working comedy show in the airwaves, Paul Preston, here with Karen Volpe. Baby, if I knew what it was, I wouldn't have called it a weird sparking thing. <laughs> and Bart Caius. You know, I have a new book out. There's a whole chapter on blurting. You should check it out. Blurting? A- blurting. <laughs> Adam is out of commission tonight due to the hectic schedule of a Los Angeles post-production minion. But sitting in his chair the whole show is an actor who's been seen on Chicago Fire and Chicago PD. Ooh. Where were these shows when we lived in Chicago? I don't know. It sounds like a great yeah, way to make like a living. Shows I know. <laughs> now, is is it true there's a big rivalry between the Chicago Fire cast and the Chicago PD cast? All, all I know is that they trade characters all the time. Oh, do they? Oh, oh, it's the best thing. If you can become a regular on one show, you always end up spilling over to the other show. So not they unlike the real life, tests, right? Yeah. Yeah. Aren't the police departments and fire departments always at each other's throats? I mean, it's like the big rivalry when they play softball or something. Maybe, maybe. Ooh, I want to see that episode. Not the big softball episode of the... Of the you can see the previews drama. for it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This week. Well, that voice you hear <laughs> is the author, a uh, co-author, say, of the book Confessions of a Transylvanian, a story of sex, drugs, and rocky horror, what? now available on Amazon, Kindle, and Audible. Kevin Tice is hey! with us. This is not a boating accident. 
Oh, this was nice. no boating accident. Very nice. nice. And as ever, we provide our signature comedy offering. Movie previews. Giving you what you need to know about every Exploding. major film it's opening exploding. this weekend in our unique spoiler-free way. This weekend sees three new films. Ben-Hur, the remake that dares to ask the question, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> also, Kubo and the Two Strings, the latest from the stop-motion animation masters yeah. at Leica Studios. Leica stop-motion animation is so good, it'll have you complaining about their computer-generated animation. Mm. And later in the show... Frankly, we were a tad concerned with your performance history against a deal of this size. But after meeting you two face-to-face, -face, we feel like we're in good hands on this one. We won't let you down. Sirs. Not to mention your bid was far too attractive for us to pass up. What did you mean by that exactly? He means you boys lowballed the entire industry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, by how much? You guys came in $53 million lower than the nearest competition. Oh, okay. That's amazing. <laughs> That's 220-somethings negotiating Pentagon arms dealer contracts in War Dogs, a new film from Todd Phillips, director of the Hangover Trilogy, so the poster says. But so you get I a like 300, you get a $300 million contract. Yeah. Mm -hmm. are, you, are you sweating the 53? Are you really that upset no. about the 53? They weren't. No. <laughs> well, I, I think in the clip be. they were upset well, they that, were, yeah. that they underbid themselves by that much. Yeah. But really? But I think you let that go. Don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, up. You know, we'll live and learn. I, I can't even think about those numbers. I don't understand how to think about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll have a report on this later because I saw this mm. on Tuesday. Did you? Yeah, and enjoyed it very much. And there's tons of crazy stories to tell about this movie. You know, I don't want to give anything away, but there's some interesting stuff uh, that I'll back up later in the in the show. But will that be the number one movie at the box office this week? Yeah. Will anything mm. beat uh, uh, Kubo? I think Kubo will be number one. Kubo? Oh, yeah, because -Hur? you have a wider audience. You can oh, take kids to it. Are we taking into consideration other movies that are out? You know, Suicide Squad is still oh. making money. <laughs> I still think that that kid's movie has a better shot. Yeah. Because yeah. people will want to shut their kid up and take him to a movie. There's air conditioning. They've got a lot of making Candy. up to do after yeah. Sausage Party. Yeah. After they took the kids to the Sausage <laughs> Party, they got to make up for that. they got to try to right the ship there. I don't think the Ben-Hur movie is going to be a huge hit. This is no. something about that. They're actually, actually predicting already that it'll be the biggest bomb. I love when it before oh, it even it opens. This could be the biggest awful. bomb of the summer. It, there's something off about that movie. Mm -hmm. I think we'll talk about it later, but there's something very curious about Let's that Let's talk about it now, oh, ladies okay. and gentlemen. Oh, our first film is called Ben... Her? If you thought the Olympics had gone downhill ever since they banned chariot racing, then your summer games are about to get a whole lot more watchable. Here we go! I think that song's actually in the movie. No, I'm serious. I really want that to be true. Because I looked up the soundtrack. I no think, way. Yes, I think it's on oh, the soundtrack. Dear. Is it really? I think so. I told you there's a lot weird going on with this movie. <laughs> there is. If you're tired of sequels and remakes, then this next movie is not for you. Because you're probably still fuming at the audacity of Charlton Heston remaking the 1925 Ben-Hur starring Ramon Navarro. Yes, Paul, not only is this new film a remake of the 1959 Ben-Hur and a reimagining of the 1907 Silent Ben-Hur, but it's also a re-engineering of the 1925 Silent Ben-Hur starring Herman Rotger. And it's a reinterpretation of the 2003 animated Ben-Hur. Wow. Yeah. I'm not buying this crap at all. The only way I'll pay 15 bucks for this hyped-up retread is if I can first wipe my butt with it. How long were you a slave? Five years. 
What is your name? Benna. I don't know why, but I take that back. <laughs> this feels like the sober, respectful, and noble oh. venture we've been waiting for after this summer of remakes and sequels. And you know, Paul, that clip begs the question, why is Academy Award-winning Morgan Freeman wearing a mop on his head? It's a story as timeless as the Have Bible. He's <laughs> oh, yeah. got a mop on his head. <laughs> yeah, it's really killing me. It's a story oh. as timeless as the Bible and as time full as a bunch of men running around dressed like ancient Romans. <laughs> now, of course, this movie has big sandals to fill, as William Wyler's epic 1959 Ben Hur was the winner of 11 Academy Awards, the most won by any movie until Titanic. So. There goes that statistic. <laughs> Remaking this ranks right up there with the pitch meeting for Easter, the movie. Easter, the day Jesus rose from the dead. What should we do? How about eggs? <laughs> well, what does that have to do with Jesus? All right, we'll hide them. <laughs> I don't follow your logic. Don't worry, there's a bunny. <laughs> Judah Ben-Hur, played by Jack Houston, is a young prince forced into slavery when he's falsely accused of treason by his stepbrother. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup! Nope! <laughs> Ben-Hur, oh I see, this is what you're talking about. It's yeah. a hyphenated last name, like Jennifer Love Hewitt, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, or mm -hmm. Mark Lynn Baker. He's Judah Ben-Hur, like Judah Friedlander. And actually having a sex party after the show, so... Uh... <laughs> All the hot chicks are invited. Just uh, follow the smell of awesome and you'll find it. Yeah. That was not a clip from the movie. Oh, oh yeah. that's a bummer. Yeah, it's too bad. After years at sea as a galley slave, Judah Ben-Hur returns home to seek revenge on his stepbrother and clear his good name. And he gets a little help from a very special friend, one who knows a little something about redemption. Oh. I know. We already covered that. Morgan Freeman. No. What? Jesus. You said it, man. Nobody f with the Jesus. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Ben-Hur tells a parallel story with that of Jesus Christ until the two merge when Ben-Hur takes on Jesus in a chariot race to the death. Spoiler alert, <laughs> Jesus dies. I want to see that movie. Oh, great. Well, I guess I can plan on doing something else this weekend instead of going to church. Oh, also, spoiler alert, everyone dies. Oh, great. Now, don't tell me what happens after I die. I want to be surprised. Pretty sure everybody will be surprised. <laughs> but let's not... Let's get to the real question. Okay. Is Ben-Hur based on a book? Oh. Ooh, I'm a little surprised oh, wait, 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 wait. It's based on the 19... Or, I'm sorry, the 1888 book, Ben-Hur, A Tale of the Christ. Uh, yes, but public domain books don't count, Paul. Plus, who needs another Ben-Hur? It's not a movie. Continue. Well, The Fast and the Furious, Roman Drift, stars Fantastic Four's <laughs> Tony Kebbell and IMDb.com's Jack Houston, which shows how little people want to follow in the footsteps of epic performers who grace the original. A dramatic new story with a cast of the screen's greatest names. Charlton Heston. Damn! Brake pressure's dropping it. Karen Black. <laughs> Karen Black. Wow. And let's all not forget... Who directed it? Timur Bekmambetov. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> he, that is Timur, he of Abraham Lincoln, vampire hunter fame. So I can't wait for Jesus and Ben-Hur to team up to fight Draculas. You might be able to make the argument that the first Ben's-Hur could use some updating, <laughs> but I don't think anyone was lamenting the lack of a Nickelback-type soundtrack.
You see, that type of updating permeates the entire movie. There's glimpses in the trailer of Ben-Hur training for the chariot race, and it looks like there's a montage. Here's a clip. In the burning heart! <laughs> 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 get out of here. <laughs> How yeah. far do they go? I mean, what, does Jesus get nailed to a selfie stick? <laughs> but I don't believe they've updated the script, which is loaded with classic Roman phrases, including carpe diem, I found Rome a city of bricks and left a city of marble, and... What do you say? Again? Whatever. Thank God Charlton Heston's dead. <laughs> so he doesn't have to see this? Sure, there's that too. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so there's two things that I have come to notice about religious-y, Jesus-y movies. All we have is fun now, brother. All we have is... Fun. Are we having fun now, brother? Are we having fun now, brother? Sorry, continue. What's that oh from, my... Paul? No, that's from Ben-Hur. Ben oh, the movie? Yeah, yeah oh. that's ben, a line. The, the video game. Which one? We're trying to tell you that, is that these from may one of the not be ones? classic Roman phrases oh, that you're okay. getting in the, in the film. <laughs> So there's two things I've come to notice about religious-y, Jesus-y movies, which I think this movie might be. Yes. One, Kurt Cameron shows up. Oh, no, he does not. Really? Well, if he shows up, that's a, oh. then you know it's a religious-y, Jesus-y oh. movie. Okay. I don't think he shows up in this one. Okay. But they all seem to have that feel as though they were shot on slightly high-quality video. Doesn't this movie not quite look like a movie? It's it, it ready to like, go to your VCR. It looks like a video game. Well, there's so much CGI in it yeah. that... that enhances the video look of something, you know? Yeah. It, oh, yeah. it doesn't make it look more like film when there's crisp, sharp, digital effects in there. So, yeah. But I also think point. it was shot on, like, the, a red camera. It wasn't shot on film. Oh, no. No, they're not doing, shooting on film anymore at all. No. Only, like, Chris Nolan's okay, shooting like on VHS, film. Okay, like VHS, then. They're shooting this ah. on VHS. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah, it's not Super 8. That'd be too fancy. <laughs> that would be too rich and... Right. And, and I'm... Taken away uh, because I did no research on this movie uh, except watch a trailer. I'm I know nothing about it, but I'm surprised by the fact that there was a book. This apparently is a story that needs to be told over and over and over. It must be an amazing story, but I'm not getting that from the trailer. Five times they've right. made this movie. Yeah, they have to say every every generation needs its own version. It's got to be there's something there. Has I, anyone ever seen the Charlton Heston one? Oh yeah, yeah. Any good? Oh, it's it's great fun. Yeah, I, yeah, See, yeah. And, and actually, something. the chariot race is mind blowing, especially given the time yeah. period that it was shot in. It yeah. it's it's really exciting and amazing and and, and but dangerous. You know it, but you know it's real. That's the that's the thing. That's why. You know? That's 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 why uh, Fury Road was so great is because you knew that those were actually cars blowing. Oh, I thought most you meant. Time, I knew you know? that Jesus was real. That's why it was. Well, <laughs> You know. In my heart, I know. Yes. So, is there a big Jesus? I didn't know Jesus was at all a character in any Ben Hur movie. Well, it's it's hilarious. In the original, in the Heston yeah. Ben Hur, he you never see Jesus's face, but you see people seeing Jesus. So you see is like the back of his head, and and people look up at him and they're like, "Wow, you're so awesome. You're Jesus. so Jesusy." And, yeah. Shut up, Jesus is in Ben Hur. Yes. But, but Karen. Yes. I know, but that's blowing my mind. Martin and I went through a very rigorous and exhaustively researched preview of Ben Hur. I'm just saying, Jesus was kicking around at this time. Yeah, that's a very appropriate reaction to have. Yesterday, when we were writing the jokes for the movie, because that's exactly. I thought what... you were kidding. No, no I no. had the same reaction. I totally I thought you were kidding. Had no, no idea. Is, Jesus I was swear in. to you. I swear to you that Ben Hur in the in the Charlton Heston Ben Hur is is like Forrest Gump. 
in Jesus's life. He keeps showing up. No, I swear. You go back and you look at it. You go back and look at it. And Ben-Hur happens to show up at these big moments in Jesus's life. And he just happens to, yeah, he's like Zelig. You know, I'm I'm having trouble wrapping my head around the fact that a Jesus character would exist and Charlton Heston wouldn't want to play that part. No, uh, no good because point. he don't see his face. Yeah, oh, that's true. He doesn't have his screen time. Heston likes, Heston yes. likes Moses. Okay. Yeah. Some Old Testament. All right. Moses. Wow. Yeah. And Judah is not to be confused with Judas. No, Jude, no. Mostly because right. they're spelled differently. Totally. But no. yes, okay. you but are correct. But I'm hearing that correctly, right? Judah versus Judas. Oh. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, it, actually, in Ben-Hur, Jesus gets momentarily pissed when he thinks it is Judas. He's like, oh, you said Judas. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't Sorry, hear that. Right? Didn't. But it was actually Judah Freelander. Didn't catch that the whole time. A lot of people don't know this. Jesus was hard of hearing in his left ear. <laughs> That's when he says, well, "Just call me Ben Hur, so this doesn't happen again." <laughs> did, you say, did you say Judas? Because I was about to cut you. But... <laughs> That's another something I learned maybe from The Simpsons that his last name was Ben Hur. Not, I thought his name was Ben Hur. Yeah. What? But yeah. No. Mm. You I learned that from The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, because there's a there's a Simpsons episode where uh, Phil Hartman's playing Charlton Heston's Judah Ben Hur, and he says the words Judah Ben Hur, and I had to go look that up because I thought that was the joke. <laughs> I thought they gave him a first name. In that. When I hear something like this, I don't know how much learning you're going to get out of the new Ben Hur. If anyone learned anything from the old one, I mean, here's a clip from the trailer. It sounds like a chariot fell down a staircase. (laughs) (laughs) Full of fireworks. And watermelons. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What? Yeah. And when that's done, they'll get onto like the importance of enslaving people and how people should be free and all that. Sure. And why not and why not wait till Easter next Easter? Nobody's nobody's waiting. Totally. Why are we not waiting till Easter? Yeah. Did you ever watch Boardwalk Empire? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the half a face guy, that's Jack Houston. Oh. Who plays in Ben Hur in this. Uh, he was so great on Boardwalk Empire. Yep. I want the best for him. I don't know if this is going to be it, though. No. But this is not a... Um, who's the guy that does all the religious movies? Kirk Cameron? You already said Kirk Cameron. <laughs> no, the other guy who writes and produces them. Um, oh, I forget. Yeah, the guy that... The guy who did Fireproof and all those? Yeah. yeah. The, the one that, that loves J- Jennifer Garner? Yes, the mm-hmm. one that's always... Yeah. Yeah. It's This is not one of his movies. Oh. But it feels like it should be one of his movies. Uh-huh. No. Who is this that is, guy? This is, in fact... Teamer... Beckmembertal, <laughs> director of Wanted. It's quite right. A, Doesn't oh that seem God. like an odd choice for him to make to yeah. to direct this? Yeah. Movie? When yeah. I think of Wanted, I just think of how wickedly skinny Angelina Jolie's arm yeah. is in that poster. It's creepy. Yeah. It's like too creepy. We watched the trailer yeah. for this, yeah. and before it was a trailer for this. Like you know how you yeah. skip ad. The ad oh. was a short <laughs> version of, of the trailer. We're just gonna see. I don't know YouTube. why. I don't together. know why this made me think of this, but as I watched the trailer, I felt like I was just watching a Kardashian show. They just all were. It just reminded me of the Kardashians. Yeah. All this ben power. Hur? Yeah, oh. like the brother kills them for no really good reason, and they're all the pretty. The Kardashians. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, they're just ancient white trash. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. but, they're, but they're, it's like a reality show. But the problem, the problem with modern day period pieces now is they, they don't look period at all. Not they at all. all perfectly. Yeah. That's what I think it was. The, they all know, look they pretty. The, the, the trim beard and all mm-hmm. that stuff. You know, when they when they would when they used to do period movies, they looked like they were in the period. But these guys, it's nope. it's like the new King Arthur thing is coming out where it's like, oh my god, really? You guys, you guys look like you just 
just walked out of the salon. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yes. it's that beard is just yeah. right at, at the right clipping height and everything. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. because a lot of those period pieces were made in the '60s, where people just kind of look like that anyway. Well, okay, <laughs> unshaven. Mean, un- where they looked clean. seventy when they were forty. Yeah, yeah they just look dirty. Yeah. The 60s were just a bunch of dirty hippies making movies. <laughs> it's true. So all, all the period right. pieces looked really accurate. Let's get Perfect. on to our uh, <laughs> next movie. On that little piece of next, cinema. Well, Karen, this is good for you. Oh, the next movie it? has dogs in the title. <gasps> so no doubt you're going to want to talk about it, right? Doggies! All right, it's War Dogs. Here we go. That's, that's Reservoir Dogs. Oh, that's, that's cool. War Dogs is the story of how two young men in Miami made a fortune off of arms dealing with the government from 2005 to 2008. Thanks, Obama. Doggy movie! Here we go! Hang on a second. Did Wait a minute. Did you just... What did you say the film was about again? It's about two guys who underbid other arms dealers. We're supposed to root for them. I thought it was about doggies. All right. It has often been asked in this world. Nothing, hardly. Uh, War is great for making money. Just ask the guys in this movie. Or America. <laughs> the story of two stoner 20-somethings running guns out of their apartment in Miami is a the very definition of what could possibly go right. The film stars Jonah Hill and Miles Teller. Miles Teller? More like Penn and Teller. This guy is unbelievable. It's like magic. Listener submitted joke. Justin Turner sent us that joke. We'll put that joke in the show. There it is. Rumor has it that Jonah Hill gained a considerable amount of weight for the film. Nobody asked him to. He just showed up on the set really fast. (laughs) Uh, Well, he's big again, so he's funny, right? See, that's the standard with women. If they're chubby, then they can't be sexy, so they got to be funny. And Teller plays David Packhouse, and Hill plays his old high school buddy, Ephraim Diveroli. Wow. They discover a loophole in how arms deals and contracts are awarded by the federal government, making it possible for virtually anyone to take a shot at the arms dealing business. <laughs> I like how you did that. Take a shot. Very clever, Paul. Well, thank you. Sometimes these gems just fall out of my mouth without thinking. Well, we can tell. Have we learned nothing from when Dwayne Johnson dragged his old buddy Kevin Hart into a high-stakes game of espionage and central intelligence? Never trust that crazy guy you used to know in junior high. <laughs> <laughs> After building a reputation with much smaller deals, the pot-headed duo land a big $300 million contract to supply the federal government of the United States with a bunch of ammunition. How'd they do it? How? They underbid every other weapons dealer in the world. How much did they underbid the competition by? $53 million. To give you an idea of how much $53 million is, it's so much money that even the federal government thinks it's an amount worth saving. <laughs> Outside of orchestrating Bondugal deals to funnel gray market ammunition to rebel forces in Afghanistan, this movie seems to revolve around the two drinking, dancing, and partying up in exotic locations, all while dodging sporadic bouts of gunfire from various angry mobsters and ne'er-do-wells. How often do well? Ne'er. They ne'er. They ne'er did well. With old school, due date, and the hangover, it's all been leading up to this with Todd Phillips' irresponsible characters that now they should finally be armed and affect the balance of world politics. With films like this and The Big Short, which take place in the last decade, the past is rapidly approaching the present. So expect to see the big secrets behind the Rio 2016 Olympics in, well, just a couple of weeks probably. Probably a couple of weeks. Yeah, let's crank that up. The Ryan Lochte story. What? the hell. That'll be out next week.
lifetime, if nothing else. I, I, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to War Dogs, but what the hell with Ryan Lochte? Let me submit to you. What are you talking about? He's oh, you don't know no. any of it, Paul? Uh, yeah, he claimed to have been held up at gunpoint in Brazil during during the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! And now a judge is ordering him to stay in the country until they figure out what really happened. Yeah. So two things what? might he... not have actually have happened. Wait, where is he from? Uh, is he like an California. American? So oh, U.S. Yes. swimmer. So yeah, he's like seconds. He claims to have been held at gunpoint. Him and like two or three other swimmers okay. were pulled out of their taxi cab by people pretending to be police officers. He had a gun put to his head. <gasps> it has now since been speculated that maybe that didn't happen, and so the judge has ordered to seize his passport. Ooh. Good thinking, judge. Ryan is already back in the U.S. How do you already get back in the <laughs> well, U.S.? Well, he, he left mm-hmm. before the order came down. Before all this came out. Uh, the judge is like, well, get his passport. And like, Would, sure. Wouldn't you just leave? I'd oh, leave. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, oh, never I... let another country take your passport. That's <laughs> the whole point. Yeah. I'm not really good. I'm a little fuzzy on the whole good bad thing. Um, so why would you lie about getting stole people? The plot what? thins. We well, don't know. Probably went to see hookers. Uh, I'm guessing hookers. There's a lot of hookers. or gay hookers. Ooh. Uh, but right. why would you say I was robbed at gunpoint? It's to cover your to explain filthy, why? Yeah, there's uh, nothing wrong behavior. with getting robbed at gunpoint. Oh, <laughs> I see. <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly. a little confusing. People oh, don't okay. judge. People don't judge you when you're robbed at gunpoint. No. Yeah. Okay. But if yeah. I was out with say a salacious hooker of the same sex, and I didn't want people to know I was gay. Yes. Oh. Let it, let it be known that's the rumor we are starting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Movie guys Pen, is breaking. Didn't yeah. he also claim that his buddies were on the ground on their knees yep. and he was standing up like I'm not doing yeah. that? Yeah, he was the only one that didn't get on the ground. Yeah. He refused, and then that's when the gun was put to his well, head. Well, he'd already spent so much time on his knees that evening. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but why does it? Why would you even go and say, "Hey, I was robbed"? Wouldn't you just go home and be done having sex with hookers? I, I, yeah, I so there's obviously more to the story. Right. Yeah, what so. we would do and what Ryan would do. <laughs> yeah. This is a reality television <laughs> star. Go. Make no mistake. Oh my gosh! All right. So wag wag the dog is what I want to call it. War dogs. War dogs. Um, yeah. Paul saw it. He said it's great. I I'm did. not going to give away my sources. Oh. But it is true that he showed up on set way fatter than they expected. <gasps> oh, for Shut real? Up. For real? <laughs> I got this information He's from huge. somebody. I mean, considering how yes. thin he was for Moneyball, right? When yeah. he thinned down. And his IMDb is still thin version, by the way. Skinny guy. I noticed that today. And so this information was given to me very confidentially by somebody who has an in and, and worked what, on the movie. First of all, why are you getting <laughs> and, this information? Yeah, who's offering that up? Because they know how yeah, he I is. Know me, but I know yeah. somebody who's a fan of the show, and this person inquires every week, hey, what movies are you doing? And I said, hey, we're doing War Dogs. He said, oh, I got a great story for you. Are you allowed to use it? Uh, well, I just told it. Yeah. I, well, I'm just wondering if we yeah. have to edit that well, out. Well, no, I'm just... I, I'm. Protecting he's my not, sources. Yeah, he's not throwing yeah, the source just, under the bus. Yeah, sure. So you're just saying that you were held at gunpoint. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me retell the story. Okay. <laughs> right. I was visiting a gay hooker. Yeah. I mean, I was held I at mean, gunpoint. Uh, I mean, Jonah Hill's fat. <laughs> Jonah Hill's fat. <laughs> no, but what you know? So we we're talking about how does that happen? How does somebody show up on set that right. you're not prepared for? Well, it's because you're not auditioning Jonah Hill. Right. You're just like, hey, will you do the movie? Sure. Right. When when do you need me? Sure. I'll be there in February. And you don't think Whoa. to bring it up, right? Yeah. There was Q and A after the film when I saw it with Todd Phillips and Bradley Cooper, and he's the first guy they wanted for the movie was Jonah Hill. Oh, okay. Well, sure. yeah. well, they got so him. Yeah. Twice over. He showed up and do whatever. It's fine. Well, they didn't know he they was going to. Yeah, he's going to pull a Brando and be like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I ate a great deal of pasta before arriving." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know. Oh but, my god. Uh, love him or hate him, as it seems people do. I don't know why. He tends to be in a lot of great movies. He is uh, authentic in everything he does. I think. Yeah. Hate him as a person, love him as an actor, and that's all I want from him. 
Oh yeah, yeah as yeah. a person, I don't even. know I, I get the feeling person. he's kind of a jerk. Oh, in you're real life. you're speculating. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. again, the, sto- the rumor I'm starting is he's a big jerk. I spec you hate. Spec you hate. It saves me time. Oh, right, here's somebody you love though. Good friend of the show, Eddie Jemison, is in Yay! an early scene in this movie. I know Eddie. You know oh, yeah, Eddie? Yes, from awesome. Chicago. Yeah. yeah, there you go. He's terrific. He got a great scene early on in the movie when uh, David Miles Teller's character is determining how he's going to start. Making money in his life before he goes in arms dealing, he's going to sell bed sheets, and Eddie plays a guy at a uh, old age home who he talks to about selling to him, and he's great. Oh yeah, awesome. a little funny part, just showing how like futile uh, J- David's business is going to be, and he's going to have to go into business with uh, with Jonah Hill. That's awesome! Wow. Well, I'm glad to hear that it's a it's as much fun as it looks like it could be. That's yeah, great. and it's uh, smart. It's basically Todd Phillips making a Scorsese movie, hmm. you know, or with shades of De Palma in there too. Yeah. Uh, it's and he's uh, after after the Q and A. He's a filmmaker with a good head on his shoulders for making basically Road Trip and Old School and The Hangover. He could he could launch into this direction more often as with adult content that is a little more challenging than just a party movie. Uh, and I, I look forward to more. I mean, it's okay. So here's the thing about starting your own arms dealer. There's a website that is public, and I wish I remember what the yeah. name of it was, where you yeah. can just go and see what. The government needs yep. and provide it to them. Yep. And so Jonah Hill's character would just do that, find it, and sell it. And then the, the the bids just got bigger and bigger. The jobs got bigger and bigger. The people they dealt with got more and more nefarious. And that's when they find themselves, you know, head uh, neck deep in trouble. Do you think I could and do the movie that? Takes off with entertainment. Like, are they looking for dirty female singers? They're looking for bullets, dirty uh, female <laughs> bullets, yeah. and RPGs <laughs> and, and tanks. But as is often the case with these things, they get they they get greedy, right? <clears throat> and they ended up trying to fulfill this huge order with some uh, uh, illegal product. Yeah, it, yes and no. It's it's it, they expand. <laughs> I wouldn't say they get necessarily get greedy like the Wolf of Wall Street or something oh, okay. to, to talk about similar Jonah Hill movie in character. But um, yeah, it just goes south. Unbelievable. And uh, I heard this story on NPR, the the real story of these two guys. I heard it's the same thing. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, I j- again, I just wish I would I have the the wherewithal if presented with this. If I were sitting at home on the internet and came across this website and went, oh, wait oh, a I have minute. an answer for that. Sadly, I know too. It's no, <laughs> no, I wouldn't. And the only reason uh, I say that is because you've already been talking to us before the show about how you're like, oh, when I retire, I'm done. That's interesting. <laughs> I'm done. At the Q and A, Bradley Cooper uh, that. Question was put to them, and and Todd Phillips was like, "Yeah, of course I'd do it. Yeah, but wouldn't you, Bradley?" No. And he goes, "No, no." no, I no. <laughs> so it's split right there in between those two. Yeah. Guys. I was gonna say, I wouldn't do it with arms deals and stuff, but if it was some other thing, I might know how to and do bed sheets. Excuse maybe. Me? Am yeah. I the, am I the only one in the room who heard three hundred million dollars? I would oh, totally do this. Are you point. kidding me? Three hundred million dollars? Yeah, that's that's but I don't the, even that's the appeal. Know what the guns are? Like, don't you need to know something? What? You can find that out. Three hundred million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you need to know? <laughs> but that's the thing. Do you know how many times I could get uh, pulled over and robbed at gunpoint for that kind of money? <laughs> but they point. stay okay. in their eyes clean because they never see anything. They just, you know, broker. Well, the, it's all order the, fulfillment, yeah, the right? The movement of yeah. the the guns and ammo from one place to another. And so this is a highly fictionalized account of their de- dealings. Not uh, a lot in plot from what I heard at the Q and A. Okay, yeah. but like Bradley Cooper's character is a composite of a bunch yeah. of people they met, you know, and little things like that happen. But apparently, a lot of the things that went on in this movie, 
straight up happened. Oh, I can't wait to see it. That'll be great. Yeah, Yeah. and it's entertaining as hell. And it never gets too, like they're never being too flip or glib about everything. There's real danger. And, but you know, the whole thing about it looks like they're just having fun and parties. They're not. They have them occasionally when something goes well. But uh, overall, it's, it's the hangover with real danger. So. Looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah time. Uh, but next up oh, yes. is the stop motion animated film Kubo and the Two Strings. It seems like only a week ago we were making fun of the fact that it was only a week ago that we were making fun of the fact that it was only a week ago that we were making fun of the fact that it was only a week ago that we were making fun of the fact that it was only a week ago that an animated movie had come out last week. <laughs> what day is it? How oh, long was I out? No. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, let's let's talk about it. Here we go. In our Kubo and the Two Strings is from the masters of stop-action animation, Laika. If you like me like I like <laughs> you and we <laughs> like both the same. Thank you. Wow. According to various movie websites, some that like to compare themselves to decaying vegetable matter and all the other ones that don't think that's a good idea, Kubo and Two Strings is about a young boy who lives in a small, peaceful seaside village, apparently without musical instrument stores, where he ekes out a humble living telling people stories. You know, like Ira Glass on This American Life. Exactly. Then, one day, he accidentally tells a story that summons a spirit from the past with an age-old vendetta against his deceased father, forcing Kubo to embark on a dangerous search for the truth. You know, like Ira Glass from This American Life. I've heard that one. Kubo is armed with a magical guitar that he can rock so hard that it actually moves objects, making things fly around, and undressing teenage girls. (laughs) Wait, that last thing might have been John Mayer and his guitar. But regardless, Kubo, in an attempt to save his life, has to set out on a magical quest to find a suit of armor that once belonged to his father. Ah, yes. So. A real journey. No, I said quest, not a journey. See, that's what makes this animated movie about a young person setting out on their own and then joined by a couple of unlikely friends as they all work together to overcome life-threatening adversity to save the day. So different. It's a quest, not a journey. Ah. So, uh, the father is dead, and scenes like this don't sound so good for the mother. Mother! Kuro, you must find your father's armor. It's your only chance. I could never be an epic hero. I'm just saying I never needed the motivation of my parents being killed to find my path. (laughs) Now, along his quest, Kubo, the guitar hero, is joined by a talking monkey, Charlize Theron. Whoa, 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 whoa. easy now. No need to start name-calling. No, no, Charlize Theron is an actress that voices the talking monkey. Mm. Oh, right. I thought she was playing a talking Swiffer, if you've seen. (laughs) Charlize Theron plays Monkey, Kubo's sort of mentor. Monkey is like Obi-Wan to Kubo's Luke. Your magic is growing stronger. You need to learn control. Use the force, Luke. See, Adam? It's just like Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Kubo and Monkey are joined by Beetle, voiced by Matthew McConaughey. Ooh, a monkey and a beetle. Here we come. (laughs) Wait a second. Stop it. Right enough. It's a different kind of beetle. But the end credits do feature a new version of While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Wait a minute, you know, I think we yeah. can improve that. There it goes. For those uninitiated, Prince at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with Jeff Lynn, Steve Winwood, Tom Petty, uh-huh. etc. Listen to Let This Go for a second.
in peace. Oh, I'm glad you pointed that out because that song was killing me. I could not oh. figure out what song. I knew I knew it. Oh, yeah, oh it was trailer. killing me when I heard that it was orchestrated and there were no guitars oh. playing it. Unlike I was Ben like, really? Hur, they save it for the end credits. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I see. Beetle is a wise mystic warrior loaning not only his fierce fighting skills to Kubo's quest for safety, but also his own sage wisdom and guidance to Kubo along his journey. I, I mean, quest. Mm. Paul, here's a clip. Okay. Hey, you. I wish I was on set when he did that. You oh. know he's a screwed around. Oh, I, I see. So it's kind of like Wolf of Wall Street, too. All right, so to sum up, this movie is Star Wars meets the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> and who doesn't want to see a movie like that? Oh, yeah. I see a movie like yeah. that. Wait a minute, that's not the proper preview. We're really not giving the right impression of the movie with that. But let's get back to the cast. Now, to tell the tale of this young samurai, they've assembled an authentic Japanese cast, including (laughs) Ireland's Art Parkinson, uh, England's Rafe Fiennes, New York's Rooney Mara, Brooklyn's Brenda Vaccaro, Texas native Matthew McConaughey, and South African Charlize Theron. Well, what about George Takai? An actor of Japanese descent, Paul. Who was born in Los Angeles. Wait a minute, Paul. You haven't even said this is a re- if this is a real movie or not. Is this based on a book? I think it's based on a scroll. Well, I've done some research, and it turns out that this is not based on a book, nor is it a true story or even a remake. Whoa. So I'm not even sure if this qualifies as a movie at all. Yeah, actually, it does. The Academy has an Oscars category called Best Original Screenplay. Original? What the hell is that? All right, Bart, we got this. <laughs> Ken Laika's radical technique of not animating animal smartasses possibly find an audience in this marketplace? Find out this weekend. I'll see any Japanese adventure as long as he's fighting Godzilla. Godzilla. Fighting? Godzilla. 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 I call him Godzilla. 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 Respected my Godzilla. Can someone walk me to my car? I'm afraid of Godzilla. <laughs> All right. <that's... laughs> it hurts to go back to the Ron Babcock well. Is that who that was? Yeah, and Tony Sam. I was uh, afraid to play that clip because of Godzilla. <laughs> you say it too many times, he shows up. That's how it yeah. works. Like yeah. Beetlejuice. So, question. Yes. Yes. Has anyone seen the trailer? I've yes. seen the film. Yes. Yeah. Have you counted the number of strings on his guitar? It's three. It drives me crazy. Drives yeah. me. It's on the poster crazy. right behind you. Three yeah. strings. Thank you, Karen. Yeah. I had to slow it down and watch it. Was it but I'm like, wait a minute, there are three strings. Yeah. Do we, do we get any uh, explanation? Yes. yes. They do in the movie. And it involves the end of the film, so okay. I, I, will, okay. I will not tell you. Okay, so it does make sense eventually. I'm yes. guessing an E string high E just breaks, because that usually happens. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if McConaughey's got much of a voice He sounds career. like George Clooney. <laughs> you think? It's so crazy. It doesn't even sound like him. However, I did notice that the little beetle guy has a six-pack. <laughs> so it's authentic. It's perfect. It's genuine, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that was my whole thing with the Swiffer. If you look at that monkey again, it's a Swiffer. The monkey? The monkey is a Swiffer, and it walks around, and I'm like, why did they use that? It's the weirdest well, monkey again, I've ever seen. Well, again, there's something behind that as well. Oh, all right. It is a Swiffer. I'm to, right. Something it's, comes to life to become that monkey. A dust cloth. It's, it's the same wig that Morgan Freeman wears in <laughs> Ben Hur. It yeah. is. He looks like one of those crazy dogs that has those dreadlocks. You yeah. know, that's kind of what this is. Yeah. Yeah. The, was it the Lhasa Apso? Lhasa Apso. Right? That's what's on Morgan Freeman's head. He's walking around with a Lhasa Apso on his head. <laughs> yeah. right. But it does look good, yes? 
These movies. Uh, no. All right, no. Coraline. If you've seen Coraline, no. Paranorman, oh, and The Box pretty. Trolls. Yeah. Unbelievable, Unreal. stylish yeah. animation. Now, they're not the warmest movies. You don't go up and give them a hug. They're all kind of cold, starting with Coraline. When they made Coraline, they basically said... She had buttons for eyes. That's cold. That happened. Right, exactly. So they're not mm-hmm. cuddly. But they're impressive as hell. Really brilliant. And actually, there's a lot of comedy in this with McConaughey that was my least favorite part of the movie. The best part is the epic Japanese journey story that they tell. Quest. Yeah, the quest. Sorry, mm, thank you. I learned something uh, today. <laughs> it reminded me of Journey to the West, which I saw at the Goodman Theater in Chicago many yeah. years ago. Oh, that was One of the good. greatest productions on stage I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they basically did a whole story like this with a you know a monkey that comes to life and it had all these fantastical elements. That was before Swiffers, so they did a whole different thing with yeah, that. Yeah, they had a guy playing yeah. on stage. But um, but isn't and, the whole movie about his journey? What quest? Yes. His his. Yeah. Okay, so you said you didn't like what part of it? The, the, the comedic parts. It's not that I didn't oh. like them. They were a little jarring because it was so serious right oh, at the okay. top too. Okay. I mean about how you know what magic his mother holds and what magic might be swirling in his family and how she escapes this and that situation, and uh, suddenly he has to go on this quest again to find all these elements from his father's past. And that's all really cool. And then when they goof around, it's like, well, that's not as cool. But Does it ring genuine? Because Kung Fu Panda, this may sound a little obvious, but just doesn't <laughs> ring. Does it ring Asian? <laughs> doesn't ring very japanese or Asian. This does. This really does, just from the trailer, because I've heard, and in, in, in you're familiar with other Japanese tales that have, like, the magic teapot or the guitar or some just very random elements that aren't so cleverly designed as, say, a Kung Fu fighting panda. Right, so that for for me that actually is very appealing about this movie. Well, if you look at the poster, there's a little origami character on his sitting on his guitar. What he does is he goes into town and he plays this magical guitar and tells stories of this great warrior. And so the, the pieces of origami come to life, and it's cool stories, but it's also amazing animation. And it's stop motion. Stop motion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's computer generated. It's the worst way to make a there. movie, isn't it? it the patience like has this. to be phenomenal. Right. Uh, uh, patience I don't have. I liked that storyline the first time I saw it in Coming to America. Uh, okay, expand. What? <laughs> Remember when the little bottle cap came to life? In was Coming it? to America? Isn't that in Coming, Coming to, to America? To... No, that's no. Eddie Murphy. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking the of. Golden Child? There's like the Golden Child. So... I like that originally in The Golden <laughs> Child. That's it. Uh, wait, I want to rewind the tape because Karen's like, no, that's what I'm thinking that's about. That's what I'm thinking about. I'm, I'm thinking, thinking about the Golden Child. I'm thinking child. about of coming to America. Landis. You mean Golden Child? Yes, yes Golden Child. Golden You're claiming child. that to have liked the Golden Child. I like the Golden Child. Oh, dear. Oh, my God. Is that bad? <laughs> I, I want Not the knife. Moment. <laughs> it, it's I no like vampire in Brooklyn, but... <laughs> But what is? Right. All right, let's get onto this real quick. Again, we don't oh, do it much, yes. but... What is it? What did you see this week? What did you see this week? Thank you, former guest Adam Pascal. Well, I think you're setting this up because you've actually seen something this week. Well, I, you know, I did All see right. those two films. Mm-hmm. But also, I went to something a few weeks back, actually, that had an embargo on it until this week that now Ooh. we can talk about. Oh, oh okay. I went to a Would screening. you say that the embargo has been lifted? Ooh. It has. I like it. It has. Mm-hmm. Much like Cuba. All right. We can now we can hear about... smoke it, too. We can now <laughs> hear about Better Late Than Never, a new NBC television show. Oh. Eh, it's TV and we're the movie guys. But I went down to see a screening of their pilot and got... To hold audience with the Fonz awesome. and Captain Kirk. Wait a minute. Oh. I know this show. Yeah. I'm nervous. 
You should be. <laughs> it's, 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 here it is. It's William Shatner, Henry Winkler, George Foreman, and who's, who's am I forgetting? And another guy. And they all go on adventures together. Just like Terry they, Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw. Because, oh, how could I forget Terry Bradshaw? Because, of course, all these guys hang out in real life. Sure. Right? Yeah. sure. So Henry Winkler produced it. He basically put this team together to go just everywhere. They're going uh, to China in the, in the pilot. And they just have adventures because they're such huge personalities that they can have all sorts of fun. Sure. Sadly, the show is sort of locked into a quagmire of being a reality television show. Mm. So the cutting and the comedy and all that just kind of plays out like an annoying reality show. But when you go to see the Q&A and there's Henry Winkler and William Shatner, they're entertaining as hell. So I just kind of want the show to get out of their way and maybe it will in future episodes. And it was charming enough. I mean, Shatner just is playing who – I think he's just now – I'm, I'm going to play who everyone wants Shatner to be. Right. <laughs> In in real life, I wish I could figure out so who everyone wants me to be, and then I'll just be that guy because I cannot figure this out. Oh for the well, life of me. Paul and I would like you to be that guy that always buys everyone dinner. Oh, <laughs> I shouldn't have asked. Yeah. <laughs> I got. I'll, I'll tell you I, what. I I saw the preview for this movie, yeah. or this this television show, and it struck me as the American version of Idiot Abroad. I loved Idiot Abroad, which was a brilliant show. Yeah. yeah. Um, but done with a certain intelligence. This feels like they just got a bunch of different personalities into a room and see what wackiness happens when you send them into a place that they don't know anything about. Yeah, and they yeah. kept talking about the scenes that were cut. I'm like, oh my God, this could this just, you know, and this all sounded great, but you know, the reality show's got to just chop it up and move fast. They got yeah. somewhere to be. I don't know where, just stay where we are and tell us the story. I mean, they talked about the stories George Foreman were telling at dinner and they were sad. I'm like, but we don't have time for sad because uh, we got uh, advertisers to, you know, contend with. And so that, that was all a shame. However, their personalities do hold some sort of value just because of who they are. And I got a few minutes with Henry Winkler to ask him oh, cool. this. What would you say is your uh, the, your favorite movie role of all time? For those of you who can't see this, he's enjoying a, a spicy tuna roll. He was. They're like my children. What's that? They're like my children. I don't have a favorite. Night shift? Water boy? Click? I loved Here Comes the Boom. Oh my so God, he, he were you his... allowed to talk to this man or were you just bugging at him at Chipotle? Well, it's kind of funny to tell the story because they, they held this uh, screening and then they had uh, Asian food for everybody because that's where the episode <laughs> took place. Right. And he's talking to press or whatever, but he's also enjoying spicy tuna roll. <laughs> I thought he was referring to the spicy tuna roll as his children. Right. Like, these are so good, they're like my children. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. he's saying all of his movies are his favorites. He's well, so he said, good. yeah, Night Shift, Waterboy. Nice. I mean, that's probably, Night Shift's probably my favorite of his. No, no, no. Was no? he in Lords Whoa, of Flatbush? What am I forgetting? No, Winkler. Uh, you have to go really back early in his career, though. He did a movie called The One and Only. Have you ever oh, seen yeah, The One and Only? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, where he plays the wrestler at the... Mm-hmm. I mean... That was that. HBO fodder for years. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've watched that movie a dozen times. That's good stuff. Who yeah. was the female in that? Um, I want to say the girl from Mork and Mindy. What was her name? The... Pam Dauber? Was it Pam Dauber? I don't remember. I don't remember either. <gasps> was he in Lords of Flatbush? I believe so. Yes. With Tony Danza yeah. and, with, and with Sly. Stallone. Right? And Sly and Stallone, yeah. yeah. And here's uh, my next question, of course, which we ask every guest. <gasps> let, me, let me ask you what your favorite movie is of all time. In it or not in it, whatever it is of all time. The first movie I ever cried in, Rebel Without a Cause with James Dean. The City of God still sits with me as one of the most disturbing movies. I just saw Captain Fantastic. Fantastic. 
<laughs> he takes you so seriously. He does. He, well, he takes his food very seriously as well. Yeah. What's Captain Fantastic? That's what you get when you get at the That's end the, of the press line. Viggo Mortensen movie about going off the grid with his kids, and uh, he's he's oh. he. Yeah, he decides he doesn't want to raise his kids in regular society, so he takes them off the grid. It's supposed to be great. Oh, yeah. He must have loved really? it to bring it up with City of God and Rebel Without a Cause. Oh, sure. <laughs> or he I just should, saw it. I'm going to write that on my list. But still, ask the best of all time. Yeah. Yeah, I just saw Pete's Dragon, but I'm going right to Raiders of the Lost Ark and The Godfather. <laughs> Even though you just saw it, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I could handle standing next to the Fonz. It was pretty cool. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is really cool. And That's... I will tell you this. Uh, I shared a bathroom with him as well. Went in the bathroom. He was standing there. A little disappointed he didn't look in the mirror and do the whole... <laughs> uh, <laughs> he actually, uh, he actually uh, took care of, uh, of his hair. That would have been something. Yeah. No, but he, but he's behind this whole thing, and he's super positive and you know, holds court great. And Shatner was Shatner. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> all right, so that's, uh, that's what went on Don't you on have the week. most important part is cookies? Oh, right, I do. You're right. What? Cool. Somebody brought cookies? Uh, they had better late than never fortune cookies. Oh, dear. Uh, that they gave away as part of the meal. So I brought some for you guys if you want to like. Yeah, you guys can have them because I already, already ate mine. I ate hers. <laughs> I'm like, I'm saving these for the show. And she had They're really it. good, you guys. Oh, the hungry. chocolate's really good. I've never had a chocolate dipped fortune oh, cookie. Oh, it's. No. I never had either, and it's totally well, worth minute, it. Wait a minute. Uh, and yeah. I got a really great fortune in it. I uh, I kept it. It was so good. Something about what you're doing is going to work out for you. So keep going. Something like that. It was really good. I, uh, you're gonna, you're gonna, oh, you're gonna, now you're Bart's enjoying You're going to wake her right in the mic? <laughs> oh, I'm eating that little chunk right there. All right. We have a thing oh. in my family where you have to ask it a question before you oh. open it. All right. So uh, let's see. Uh, are we all going to have a good year this year? Oh, let's good. Let's do okay. that for everybody in the room. Thank you. Usually you don't open it up and it says you're doomed. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you will find happiness in mind and heart. There you go. Oh, there you go. Oh. So that's a good year. That would, be a, that would be a gone. no as far as, <laughs> as far as making money goes, but you'll find happiness in mind and yeah. heart. So I'm you, did rich you ask in money happiness. specifically? You have that going for you. Right. And that's nice. You got that going for you, which is good. Hmm? What do you got? With you? Uh-uh. Uh, mine says uh, 8 p.m. Wednesdays on NBC. Is that the day that it's airing? <laughs> is that, is that the, I don't know. <laughs> Does it really? That, no. no. Okay. August 23rd, yeah, 10 o'clock, 9 Central. Is it on NBC or ABC? It's on, uh, NBC. It's on NBC. Okay. By the way, the best uh, fortunes are help, I'm trapped in a fortune cookie factory. And uh, that wasn't chicken. <laughs> oh, what does your say? What does your say? Feel free to chew in the mic. Henry Winkler did. You can do it. <laughs> They're like my children, these cookies. <laughs> <laughs> well-arranged time is a good sign of a well-arranged Mine. Uh, time management is so hard. 5, 14, 25, 36, 44, 16. Oh, that's, you're lucky numbers, ladies and gentlemen. You're lucky. All right, enough of this nonsense. Right. Let's get on to our guest's nonsense. Good. The co-author of Confessions of a Transylvanian, a story of sex, drugs, and Rocky Horror. It's Turn Kevin it Tice. Hey. Hi, guys. So you wrote a whole book. I did. I did. Well, actually, I wrote it with a friend of mine, uh, Ron Fox. What letters did you type, and which ones did he type? Or did you do like every other word? We alternated. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Every other word. <laughs> I'm exactly. thinking it. All right. All right. It. What should I follow that up with? It was. How long did yeah. it take you to write this book? It's huge. Uh, it took about six months to write it, wow. and then about a million years to edit it. But uh, it's uh, it's it's all true. It's a memoir of what it's like to actually do the. You know. You know when you would go to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show and the kids jump around and dance in front of the screen. Mm-hmm. That's called so a annoying. Just shut up. Right? Sit down so I can watch the movie. Exactly. Well, well, you were in the wrong uh, movie. Yeah. Am I missing the point? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
That's called a shadow cast. And when I was uh, in high school, way back in the early 80s, uh, for two years I was in a shadow cast in South Florida. And we were amazing. And it was really awesome. And what we discovered was uh, Ron was always about me uh, on my case to write all this stuff down because every time we got together over the years, we'd tell the same stories over and over again. And he said, you know, we should write these down just even if it's just something that we pass around to our friends. And so we sat down and we wrote the book. And uh, then we, we decided, well, let's share it with the publisher. And we shared it with the publisher. And he went, oh, yeah, we got to do this. Because it turned out no one had ever written a, a, a book about what it was like to actually do the, the Rocky Horror Shoutcast. And, I could uh, only imagine if you're doing it at midnight and everyone's drunk, some really strange stuff had to go down. Like what was one – I don't want to tell us all the stories, but what would be like an example of – what you're talking about? Uh, well, a lot of stuff would go down at the show, but a lot uh-huh. of stuff would go down after the show, oh. and so that was fun too. But uh, uh, a lot of the, some of the stuff that would go down at the show is uh, uh, we had this guy named Donnie. He was the sweetest guy in the world, big as a house, huge, <laughs> really strong dude, and uh, he was as gentle as a teddy bear. He really was. But uh, they showed up one Halloween, um, and uh, this guy started messing with his girlfriend, and these three, three big biker dudes showed up at the theater, and they were trying to mess with him and his, and this guy without even trying like beat the living crap out of these guys <laughs> so you know, Donnie he was like, hey, accidentally back. and he accidentally <laughs> kicked the crap out of three guys <laughs> he was that kind of strong oh, you know that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, did he play one of the characters yeah he, he was eddie, was he eddie? He was eddie? Yeah, naturally yeah I mean, yeah. you, know, you knew he wasn't no good. That's the thing. Yeah. If you showed up at the, if you decided you wanted to be in the cast, we could peg you right away. We knew How exactly funny. you'd you'd be like a Columbia, um, maybe Magenta. Oh yeah, uh, right. you know, right away. That's uh, hysterical. And and you know, if, if, as soon as you walked in the room, you knew who the character you were going to end up playing was going to be. Did you get a lot of people wanting to be in the Shadow Cast? I mean, yeah. And, how did and that work? You just joined. You they, they had no. That was the great part well, about there's it. There's only so many parts, right? Yeah, but you 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 didn't have to uh, play. You well, you didn't just get to play anybody yeah. you were a, you had to earn it you had to okay. earn your position uh, on this the is big, what i'm getting at how's this work well there were <laughs> it's called transylvanians professions of a transylvanian <laughs> the uh if you watch the movie you know the the, in the beginning when they do the time warp right yeah. and they're all the guys who dance around in the time warp those are the transylvanians uh-huh. and so when you join the cast the first thing you do is you get a, uh, a suit uh, and you'd put the buttons on it and you'd you dance around as a transylvanian and do the time warp and then when the time warp is over and the, you know you go up in the lab and you do all that stuff and when that was over you were done for the night mm-hmm. that was it you were you were finished. Now, what if there's no it's more like seats in left the in the theater? You just gonna stand in the back? Yeah, <laughs> go home. Well, we would we would commandeer the first couple of rows anyway. Oh, okay. So yeah, but uh, but what was cool about it was it was a place where sort of the outcast could go. Yeah. You know, when I was in high school, uh, not everybody can be you know the captain of the football team and the cheerleader squad and all that jazz. Yeah, you definitely should not be at the top of the head cheerleader squad. No. No, you would be. No. You'd I probably tried. be good at it. Yeah. But. You know, it's all politics. It's all politics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Give me, where was enough. this again? What town? This is in South Florida. It was in South Deerfield Florida. Beach, Florida. And uh, uh, so if you didn't fit in, this was a place you could go fit in. Because yeah, you didn't I have went to, to junior college, you know. but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it was a welcoming environment if you were, you know. And, and, and it was... It was a weird place to grow up because they, they, they lived in the, one of the guy who ran the cast lived in this place called the orphanage. And it was a house that had oh three gosh. bedrooms in it. And uh, if you got kicked out of your house, you could go live at the orphanage. This is if fascinating. If your parents found out you were gay and they kicked you out, uh, you could go live at the orphanage. Oh, or, my God. So that swimmer should just have gone Ryan to the orphanage. Lo- Ryan Lochte could totally live at the orphanage. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. But, uh, you heard it here first. Exactly. Ah. 
And to this day, there are casts all over the country, and they still do the the live Shadowcast. They got you got a great one here in, in L.A. at the New Art Theater. Is there much communication we between Shadowcasts? Or are, are oh, there yeah. some Shadowcasts are like I I want to leave my Shadowcast and make it to that Shadowcast? Uh, there there's a there's a little drift. Yeah, yeah. some people uh, get is co-opted there... by other people. Oh, you're in the Deer, Deerfield, Florida Shadowcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah was is there, oh, there's a little of that Scranton, PA shadow. I was just gonna say, is there like the pinnacle, like the SNL? Yeah, you know how we all, as improvisers, want to get to SNL. Yeah, what's the ultimate shadow yeah. cast there, I want to be? There, there in? is New York? not. No, there is no. not one of the like oh. all star shadow casts. But uh, there are uh, legendary ones. There's uh, there's a Latin one that's really cool. Uh, oh. Yeah, oh, they they're, they they come in all shapes and sizes. There's a there's an African American one in in uh, somewhere in the country where they do an all black version of Rocky Horror, and it is outrageous. I've seen clips of it. Do you guys actually uh, do you actually sing or do you just lip sync? You can do both. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter because it's not like the audience is going to really hear you. But oh, okay. Uh, but what's also cool is they do conventions uh, once or twice a year, and they do Rocky Horror. I've been to a couple, and they're a blast. You just go and you hang out with these and. You you do the show and you do uh, uh, you hang out with like-minded people and you talk about Rocky and you buy Rocky horror items and and uh, you meet cast members. Uh, Barry Boswick shows up all the time and Patricia Quinn and Little Nell and it's really cool. It's really fun and and of course now it's sort of in the zeitgeist because it's the 40th anniversary this year of the film. Oh, okay. they're doing a remake that's going to be airing on Fox this fall. So you know mm. it's a very very big year so for Rocky I wanted Bar. to hit both of those things. So for the 40th, did you do anything or your cast yes. do anything specifically? Well, I haven't been in a ca- our cast hasn't existed since uh, I give away the ending of the book, but uh our cast hasn't existed since 83. Holy moly. Yeah. You were there right when it started. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but uh, we, for the 40th anniversary, they had a big, big convention in New York City last year. And, and I went with Ron and a, and a guy from our original cast, and we had an absolute blast. Oh, fun. And we, they had the, they had the uh, 40th anniversary showing of the Rocky Horror Picture Show at the Ziegfeld Theater in, in time, just oh off Times gosh. Square in New York. And it was packed. It was the most unbelievable thing you've ever seen. It was amazing oh to gosh. be there. And yeah. these shadow casts are still being done today? Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you Is said there's one here in town. Every we Saturday have to go night see at the it. New Art Theater, uh, you, they do a sh- midnight showing. It's amazing. It's, I think I've only been job. to one once. I don't think I've ever been to one. Oh, you're a virgin. I think that's, so. That's I've seen people do the show, but not with the movie playing. Oh, no. But let no, me explain you, you my, my history. Oh, okay. With, uh, cool. I'm a virgin, huh? With <laughs> screen, about with, time. With uh, screenings back. of this. Thank you. <clears throat> when I was in college, I went to a screening of the Rocky Horror Picture for the first time. And it was bedlam. It was just mass. Chaos. Yeah. There was no shadow cast. There was no. It was just yelling, screaming, and throwing stuff the whole movie. Right. Then I went to see it in Buffalo, and it was a little more rigid. A little more. This is when you do stuff. And I was like, oh man, I kind of like just throwing bodies around and, and like breaking <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I hope uh, they continue to fall somewhere in the middle. I don't know. Well, this is because orga- like this is organized chaos. So yes, it's uh, they do the shadow cast. They do the and they you should see that the costumes are letter perfect. The the costumes they wear in the film they wear right down there on the floor. I mean, to the button. It's amazing the stuff that these people put together, and they build set pieces, and they do lighting effects, and they do. It's it's really wow. quite a show. And you played Riff, right? I played Riff Raff uh, when I did it, but I actually played most of the male members of the show uh, of the film during my. So did time. you do full wig and everything? Oh yeah, oh, yeah sure. So you were dedicated. To well, it. sometimes it. I, I had a really crappy wig, and they finally said. You should lose that wig. And I got rid of it for a while. <laughs> Gave so. it to Morgan Freeman. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> do you have any idea how this all started? 
Yes, I do. Uh, uh, they, they should, the movie opened up in, uh, in 75, and it was a disaster, because why would people go see it? I mean, it's amazing the thing even got made in the first place. Um, but then they started putting it out on the midnight movie circuit, and uh, they started showing it at a theater called the Waverly Theater in uh, New York City. And uh, Sal Piero tells this whole story because he's the he was one of the guys who was there at the very beginning. And people started yelling back at the screen, and they thought that was funny, and 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 it became popular. And of course, when something's popular, they keep it going. So they kept it as a midnight movie, and people would show up and they'd yell and they'd come up with funnier, funnier things. And then people started showing up in costume, and they decided, well, if I'm here in costume, I might as well get up and start performing it. And they started to perform it at the Waverly Theater, which then moved to the Eighth Street Playhouse in New York, and it. it sort of took off from there and people were like you're doing what in New York oh we'll do it in New Jersey and now we'll do it in Albuquerque and they and it spread all over the country and it stayed that way they still do uh, and now it's all over the world they they do a show in Israel uh, wow. they do a show they do it in they do it in Germany do they do it all over you have to get the rights to do it well you have to you know rent the film it's still that's the joke is it's still in wide release they're still making money off this oh thing my gosh. oh yeah yeah the, the the original producers are still making bank on this movie wow. after all these years yeah have you seen the room which I, I have not seen. Oh, I would equate very to a very similar yeah. experience right. throwing spoons um, and stuff there is nothing uh, regimented about a room screening. No, that, no. You want to just get your yell on? Go there and just scream and yell. And, it's, and you know. at some point, you just—it's just raining spoons. It's well, amazing. Paul actually introduced that movie to me, and I think you and I were going when it was pretty still new. It was still a very new experience. I mean, we actually went to a couple screenings of the room where it wasn't sold out. Um, and then in the course of time that you and I went to it, I saw a, a very obvious progression of, for lack of a better word, co-opting of this, and then kind of pilgrimaging, and not, uh, what, not, what's the word I'm looking for? Quest. Plundering, questing. Oh. Hipster quest. Um, yeah, I mean, they just, <laughs> they just kind of like pilfered it, you know, for their own whatever, Right. Uh, and it lost some of its charm for me, because when we used to go to the room, uh, the charm was you kind of gave room for everyone to have their voice, and if you were about to shout something out but somebody beat you to it, you didn't step on that line. You didn't then try to trump them. You were just, okay, that's the line that's going to go. And then it became just mass hysteria. It's just constant screaming at the right. screen. Well, there's a little there's a little of that at Rocky Horror, but yeah. what's cool is that you never know what people are going to say. And so there's some things that people yell every week, and there's some stuff that they still yell that I used to hear back in the 80s. But then there's, there's stuff that they update through the years, mm-hmm. Because there's a there's a wonderful moment when Riff Raff sort of opens this coffin and you see a skeleton inside and you just yell out whoever it was who died recently. You say, right. you know, yeah. the last time I saw it is Riff. Let us let's see Justice Scalia and there he was. You know? And so you so but but and that's the thing. And there's a moment where you see an empty audience. It's like show me a Justin Bieber concert and but it's whoever you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He wasn't he wasn't even a zygote one when I was right. you know. So so it's whoever they updated through the years and uh, there's stuff I, every time I see the the movie at a different theater I hear something new and I go oh man that's brilliant. Do you like that? Or does it kind of bum you out that no. hey wait a minute there's there's no history here there's no 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 no, no. it's it, it it belongs to whatever generation is watching it it really mm-hmm. is it, it it's not something that we own you know you you can't it's it's out there and it belongs to whoever uh, and if you want to if you just walked into the film for the third time or whatever and you have a funny line to yell yell it who cares there's no rules all right because I have to wonder 
So who's getting the money? The guy who owns the theater, the guy producing it, the cast? Anybody uh, get paid? The cast has never get paid. Never. Of course no, not. No, I think it's listed at $74 million earned gross. It's got to be low, though, right, on Wikipedia for like a movie that cost, like I think, $1.5. Right. So it's a mm-hmm. phenomenal 75 right. times yeah. money back Huge hit. Huge success. Yeah. Lou, Lou Adler uh, has a very big house. Yes. Maha. Yeah. Uh, but now, speaking of co-opting it for another generation or something like that, the remake... This yes. is going to be on Fox, yeah? Yes. Laverne Cox from Orange is the New Black. Yes. Oh, will be Frank and Furter. Oh, he's great. Yes. Oh, that'd be perfect. Yeah. yeah. She? She's great. Um, She'll be perfect. <laughs> and then uh, Adam Lambert, I think, is Eddie. Yeah. And Tim Curry now moves from Frank and Furter into the narrator role. Or Correct. Or the scientist. Yeah, yeah. The narrator. narrator. Um, ben Vereen is actually playing uh, Dr. Scott. Oh, okay. Yeah. Your thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, have you seen any clips? They showed him at Comic-Con, but I couldn't get to the... The room where they were doing that because there's just way too much going on at Comic-Con. Uh, you know, a lot of people really, really got upset when they heard that they were doing this. And uh, uh, my my thought on it is, let them do it. It's not going to ruin anything. The original is still going to be there. You know, if you want to go back and see Charlton Heston and Ben Hur, it's right there. You don't have to. You know, if you can't. If you want to see Ghostbusters, the original, you can just go watch it. That's right. Or you can watch the new one. That, but 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 that's a that's a thing. You can't ruin something by remaking it. You that's can't. what Adam would say if he were here. You can't ruin my childhood by remaking something I loved. It's right. for the next generation. Pedophiles yeah. ruin your childhood. Right. That that's what his yeah. point was. Yeah. Father McConaughey. Lo- yes. I mean, wait. Wait a minute. Not the no. new Ghostbuster. No. No. Yeah. no. But that's uh, that's the thing. So so we wish him all the best of luck. It's it it should be fun. I hope it's fun. I heard uh, the time warp recently, and it's. You only know this if you're a Rocky Horror guy. It is a total callback to the original Roxy oh, show cool. that they did here in L.A. The music is exactly the same as they did for the original Roxy show, and nobody else would know that except the insiders who'd like the know what writers. the Roxy soundtrack yeah. sounds like. That's and, cool. And that's really fun. So I'm, I hope it's really fun. I hope it's great. And it's never going to be the original, and that's fine. Have yeah, you ever will... been in the stage version, the actual play without the movie? Have you ever no, done that? No, I, I, I can't sing. Oh, my God. With your voice, I thought for sure you were a singer. No, thank you very much. Oh, my gosh. You have so <laughs> no. much t- timber. Was it timber? Your tone? Jeffrey Timber. Your, 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 Timor Beckmamatov. Uh, I have a question here, actually, from a listener. Oh, yeah. Steve Schultz in Chicago. Steve Schultz. Oh, weird. <laughs> says, hey, you were in Chicago Fire in Chicago PD. Why are you in Los Angeles? Ah, yes. <laughs> well, it's funny you should ask that because uh, one of the things that you discover when you've been on Chicago Fire and Chicago PD is there's only four shows that are shooting in Chicago. Yeah. And if you've been on two of them, then you're kind of uh, SOL. Yeah. So I came to L.A. because I finally had a reel. I, I had, mm-hmm. you know. And have, some credits, I too. Have, Reasonably right? recent credits. Network That'll get shows, you pretty far. Right? Yeah. So that's Good pretty cool. You. Yeah. So I'm out here, uh, like, like the rest of us, looking for work. So with that, you've mm-hmm. been blogging about it. And I wanted to I bring have. this up because I read both of your posts on Scientology. Did you? And it's funny you should bring this up because I just went to the Egyptian for this war dog screening, and right afterwards, walking back to the car, I walked right by the the information center. Is that the one on Hollywood Boulevard? Uh, yeah, they call it something. No, the this, reading uh, room, the celebrity uh, center. No, yeah. celebrity center is over on Franklin. Right. Yeah, uh, it's the well, I don't, I don't know. know what it is. Anyway, the, so we walked right by that big yes. welcome information center. Yes, and I said to the guy who was with him, like, "Should we go? Just because I've always wanted to go in and just take the quiz and see yep. what happens." Yeah, you did it. I did it. I didn't. I, I chickened yeah. out because I'm like, I don't have whatever three. Who knows how long it's going to take? Three hours? Four hours? Who knows? What happened? Well, 
Uh, I went I mean, to all I read three, what happened, but please tell us all. I went to all three of the Scientology centers in L.A. the last time I was here, and, and I'm, I'm blogging about this. It's Invading Nirvana is the name of my blog. Oh. It's on WordPress. Uh, just search for Invading Nirvana. You'll see there's a ton of posts. Anyway, I went to the uh, the center on, on uh, Hollywood Boulevard, and they took me in the back, and they showed me this movie, and there's a little screening room back there, and it was that moment when the door shut where I thought, Okay, nobody knows I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I could, the, another door could open in this yeah. room and I could disappear into the bowels of, you know, L. Ron Hubbard land and they'd never know what happened oh to me. My God. But no, it was fine. I just watched a little movie and it was ridiculous and, and funny. And, and I, you know, and then they, they tried to sell me a packet of, uh, you know, Scientology books and stuff. They wanted me to buy it. And the girl was really, really nice until she realized that I was not buying. And then she got a little insistent and a little pissed and I got out of there. You know, wow. which is okay. That's fine. But then I went to the Celebrity Center mm-hmm. and they took me on a grand tour. That place man. is beautiful. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And they brought me and they showed me another movie, of course. Of course. Did they show you that theater that you could rent for free? No. Oh my gosh. Paul and I were looking for a space to do a comedy show and they told us about this theater, this wonderful space and we could rent it for free. The only catch... <laughs> <laughs> is that before you do your show, which yeah. is not a great opening act for your show, is they would have to talk to our audience and show a movie and hand out some pamphlets. Yeah. And we were like, oh. They're, they're big on the movies. Yeah, they wanted they're to show a movie. They're big on the movies, yeah. And uh, it's, it's, the, it's the story of L. Ron Hubbard. They take you, at the Celebrity Center, they take you and they show you the story of L. Ron Hubbard. And uh, it's another one where you don't really see you don't see his face. It's all the back of him, oh, and everybody's like looking at him, mm-hmm. and they, they, you don't hear his voice. And so they're all talking to him like Ron. Oh, <laughs> this is a, you know. And, and 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 the thing is, they make him out to be this hero naturally. So it's all well. We know you offered it for free to the American Psychiatric Association. Those fools turned you down. Here you have this life changing thing. What are you going to do? You know, and and and, and he's like, Write a well, book? maybe no. you should maybe you should try and share it with people directly, Ron. Mm, you know, uh, and, and then it's uh, it's it's like he stumbled into fame, oh, not like he invented a religion to make himself tons and tons right. of money, because he, that would be ridiculous. Right, because he's not a science fiction writer who just no. did they teach anything? you about what a great poet, dancer, artist, swimmer, uh, construction worker, ruler uh, of North Korea, uh, sailor. Yeah. Uh, uh, songstress, candlestick uh, maker. There's a there's a book. I've been to the Celebrity Center. Yeah. And the first thing I Are was ready for. Kidding. I had an audition there. I think I told you about my audition for uh, Dianetics. They're doing oh. a Dianetics commercial. Oh, you'd be great. And uh, I was brought in for an audition. And yeah. here's here's how the audition went. Because um, everyone's familiar with the Dianetics. Remember sure. the commercial, page 97, page 27. Are you you know constipated? And, right. Uh, and so they said, well, you know, there's no speaking. It's just we just need you to show some emotions. And the emotions were in this order: uh, sad, depressed, concerned, nervous, worried. They were all just gray shades Variations. of gray of the same thing. Yeah. And I was supposed to somehow emote all of that with just my face and show a difference between concerned and nervous. Yeah. So I so I go there, and there's this huge book on the coffee table, and you leaf through it, and yeah. it's here's Ron building a boat, here's yeah. Ron building a house, here's Ron inventing chemistry, here's Ron. <laughs> Performing <laughs> surgery. Here's Ron yeah. writing a song. Here's Ron, in- Ron inventing the light bulb. I'm not kidding you. It was like yeah. ridiculous. He did everything. And then all I could hope for at that moment is just to see like Tom Cruise come bounding down the stairs. Yeah. And oh, if he had, I would have signed up right then. That's why yeah. you were there. You it's wanted a- to run into Tom Cruise. Well, it's it, they're not... They're, they're very good at it. It's a yeah. it's a hard sell, and and of course the the questions are as generic as possible. You know, they're like, uh, and, and they say things like, uh, "Do you ever feel kind of sad?" <laughs> you know, 
Do you ever feel like maybe you're not living to your full potential? Because what are you going to say? No. Every day, <laughs> I feel like I'm living to my full potential. I wake up in the morning, I go to bed at That's night, and That's why I'm think, here. My God. Did yeah. it again. Yeah. Score. Just, boom. <laughs> nailed it. Nailed life again. Every day. You know? Because if you say that, they go, really? Yeah, then you start to second guess yourself. Really? I knew a girl like that. You're not Just allowed a to friend. lie to us. I didn't like to hang out with her because I'd be like, hey, blank. You know who I'm talking about, Paul. I'd be like, hey, blank. And she'd be like, so how are you feeling? I'm like, ah, pretty good. She's like, no. How are I you feeling? Feel oh, God. I'm like, pretty good. No, come on. Yeah. No, you can tell me. And yeah. then after a while, you're like, I guess I don't feel good. Oh, it's horrible. Oh, it's horrible. But I also, I also I, took the personality test. Oh. Yeah. I went Turns whole, out you have one. I went whole hog. Yes, indeed I do. So but you it, didn't have any auditions You know what? Day. They, they, That's they, what right? I'm No, now. I did not audition there, no. But uh, uh, it was like an audition because they tell you what you're like. And oh. they, they go through the whole thing, and the guy gets done, and, and he's like... Was uh, he right? Oh, absolutely. Because, oh. But he, he said it in a way that he thought I would be upset. So this is what he ends up saying to me at the end. He goes, you know, you're, uh, you're very opinionated. Yes. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you come across as a little aggressive. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. And he's like, you know, that can put people off. I know, <laughs> you know, and he kept waiting for me to go, oh, do I? Gee, maybe you can fix that for me. And instead I was like, nailed it. I was like, great. This is what, this is what I want to be. Yeah. yeah. And he was kind of upset with me. He was like, oh, so you don't mind being like this? And I was like, I strive to be this. <laughs> I try to be like this. Yeah. So it's what kept me out of crazy cults like yours all these years. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you don't didn't use sign- the C word. <laughs> oh, you don't use that. Yeah. You didn't sign up then. No, of course I did. <laughs> oh, all right. Good. Wait, wasn't that where this was going? Right? No. Hey, he has some pamphlets here. Yeah, okay. and he would like to say something to you guys. I, I talked yeah. to him I, earlier, and I said, P- feel free to use this platform. So I'm sensing doubt from you. Do you ever feel like... <laughs> I feel a little doubtful. No, you just reminded me. Last night I was at uh, the Burbank Comedy Festival with my singing group, the Bay Sisters. Uh, anyway, by the time this airs, nobody will be able to go because it's over. But... um. A girl did some comedy. She did a little comedy, and it was she was very pleasant and lovely. But it got weird for a second because she was actually just doing storytelling more than jokes, you know, jokey mm-hmm. yuck yucks. And she said that she suffered from. She was really good. She said she suffered from migraines, and she told the story about how she was riding her bike home from somewhere uh, from work, and she started to get a migraine. And when they take over, they could be really bad. And she didn't have any of her medicine with her. So she was the best that she could do is ride her bike to a CVS, and then she was going to go inside and just try to get some of her medicine and whatever. But when she opened the door, her migraines were so bad she couldn't even see anymore. Like she was so much pain that the best she could do is just sit outside for a second. She was sitting there, and people were ignoring her because they just thought she was some stupid kid on drugs or something. And one nice man came over. And he said, I, are you feeling okay? And she's like, I have this horrible migraine. I have to go inside and get my medicine, but I can't because it's too bright. And he goes, I'll be right back. He went inside and got her Advil and uh, an espresso shop from Starbucks, one of those little things. And he came back out and he gave it to her and she took it. And, and she was talking to him and he goes, I used to have migraines as well, but um, then they stopped. And she's like, well, what did you do? How did you stop them? He goes, I will show you. And he took her to a Scientology oh. place. Hey! And she was like, no Holy good sh- deed goes no. But her I could have sworn she was going to say it was Morgan Freeman. I know. It wasn't Morgan Freeman. But it just made me go, oh, my God. They are using every angle they can. Oh, yeah. Amazing. They don't mess around. No. Yeah. 
what prompted you to do just curiosity? He's well, going to write a book my on blog, it. <laughs> my, the blog, actually, which I'm hoping to turn into a book, uh, ah. but the blog was all about life in L.A. and what it's oh. like to be an actor here in town. And, you definitely and have to cover that, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. is is uh, It's it's called uh, Chicagoan in the City of Angels. So I uh, invading Nirvana, a Chicagoan in the City of Angels. So when I got here, I wanted to do the full soup to nuts, what it's like to be an actor in Los Angeles. And part of that is Scientology because it's so ubiquitous here. Everywhere you go in this town you either see a sign for it or a, a billboard for it I or a building it with the names on it and it's 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 everywhere and so i felt and so i did a yeah and so i went to all three of the areas and i did a three-part thing on it and oh did you go see the play we wanted to go see the play i think they've stopped doing that oh yeah Aww. the one at sycamore in hollywood that building I would totally they've got a play every saturday night we they used to sup- do like they used to reenact his stories on wouldn't stage. that been wonderful that yeah. would have been really worth well it. they they called me afterwards for a follow-up and my <laughs> i remember my dad was like you gave him your real yeah. phone number that was yeah. my first thought you give them eight six seven five three oh nine that's what everyone that's what people <laughs> give out as phone numbers now to millennials because they don't know <laughs> right sure yeah, yeah. Mm. all right let me ask you what oh. we ask uh, every guest who comes on the show what is your favorite movie of all time I have an unusual movie that's my favorite movie. I've seen it dozens and dozens of times, and it never stops getting great. Uh, I'm a big fan of the movie Network uh, with uh, William Holden mm. and Peter Finch and Faye Dunaway and Robert Duvall. And if you haven't seen it, you really, really should because it's... Uh, put it on my list. It's 1976. Uh, it was directed by Sidney Lumet. It was written by Patty Chayefsky, uh, who had written, of course, Marty in the Hospital and a bunch of other great stuff and Altered States. And it's so prescient. If you go back and watch oh, the movie, it's about it's it ridiculously is. prophetic. It really? is. Really, it's, well, it's really it's, yeah. It's all about television, and it takes place in the mid seventies, and it all has come true now. Uh, and it really? gets truer. The older that movie that gets, the more true it becomes. <gasps> it's the more un. Believable, yeah. like broadcast news kind of thing. Well, yeah. but, but broadcast news is the the lighter, fun. Oh, <laughs> this version is of very, heavy. but also prescient that movie. Oh. Yeah. But it, it's I'm uh, mad as hell. I'm not going to take it anymore. This yeah. is network. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. But and and it won a slew of Academy Awards. Uh, it probably would have been one best picture, but it was the Iraqi came out. So, yeah. uh, but uh, best actor, the first posthumous best actor award went to Peter Finch. Uh, Faye Dunaway won best actress. Beatrice Strait. Uh, but my favorite thing, my favorite thing about this movie is Ned Beatty's in it. He has one scene, he has one monologue, and he got nominated for Best Supporting Actor because he's so outrageously great. Is that, is that, is that the scene where he's sitting at the news desk? The coffee table. No, it's at the conference table, and he oh, does oh, this yes, speech. Yes, yes. You have meddled with the primal forces yes. of nature, Mr. Beale. It's is... unbelievable. <laughs> so, it's so on network. Absolutely one That's of my a, favorite movies of all they've time. They've echoed that in Better Call Saul. Saul Goodman likes to do the yes. speech from uh, Network. He yeah. does, yeah. Well, that speech at the end, I mean, watch it today and just yeah. try not to see how relevant it is. It's your, it's everyone's life right now. Yeah. The mad as hell scene. Yeah. If you care anything about, if you've ever watched reality TV oh, God, yes. or any, anything pu- I'll and put you a couple hate stars it, by this. It's, it's the, one of the greatest films of all time. I worked on reality TV. I just hate it. I just hate it. And then it. classic movies, The Third Man, because I'm not an idiot. And it might have the greatest last line if it's the last line. I can't remember. Um, well, don't don't give away the ending. Don't tell me. The last line of the movie. Talk more about movie? how Faye Dunaway jumps on William Holden. Oh yeah, <laughs> she totally jumps on William Holden. That's a brilliant scene because it's all about. Uh, she can't stop talking about work. And oh it's yeah. The, it's the least sexy sex scene ever shot. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to uh, the grand finale of the show with Karen's Birthdays, Karen's weekly look at the birthdays of those who make 
the movies. Karen, take it away. All right, I'm going to try something a little different this week. I'm going to give you a little clue into whose birthday it is by giving you a couple of movies that they starred in, so then mm. you can guess who the birthday girl is. All right. So this week, the first birthday girl is the star of Mighty Joe Young and Waking Up in Reno. Charlize Theron. Yes. Let's wish a very happy birthday to Charlize Theron, who turns 41 but can play anywhere from a monster to a monkey who looks like a Swiffer. Here she is in Kubo and the Two Strings, which is coming out this week. So if you want to go and listen to her speak, you can go do that. If you want to see her naked, just go on the internet. So you can do that too. She was born in Johannesburg area in South Africa. We just lost Kevin. He just left. He's got to go to the internet. I got to go to the computer. I'll be right back. Risa Rolraken? She was uh, not an actress at first. She was actually a ballerina. She did some ballet and moved to New York City where she studied with the Joffrey Ballet until she had a knee injury. So we can all thank a knee injury for giving us the actress, Charlize Theron, instead of the dancer. Now, her mother knew that she wanted to be an actress and gave her a one-way ticket to L.A., isn't that nice? Mighty wow. Joe Young might be one of the best movies out there because it's about a big damn monkey, and you get a big damn monkey like in the first ten minutes of that movie. All right. I See, just wanted to say you that. get you get title right you away. Just get big monkey. I want a big freaking Boom. monkey right away. <laughs> monkey. Uh, Shirley's got her acting break when she was given a check for five hundred dollars from her mother that she wanted to go and cash at a bank. And they didn't cash out-of-state checks unless you had an account at that bank. I know this seems like a lot of detail, but she threw a fit. Giant fit. And a casting director saw her and said, I like what you're doing. I like the cut of your jib. Yeah. So, uh, she, it was the acting. It was her acting. They were like, look at that charming girl having a fit. So she got an agent. You've been in L.A. long enough. It's, you, it's going to happen know? to you, too. Uh-huh. You've You'll learned, see. You've learned the ways. Yes. Some. So she uh, auditioned for the female I'm lead. I'm sorry, we're going to yes. stop right there. Who sees somebody pitching a yeah, fit and I, says, I want to work with that person? Yeah. I know. Fascinating. Well, if they look like Shirley Theron. Yeah. Then, yeah, I yeah. think that he would have talked to her anyway. I like, what you're, I like how difficult you're being. <laughs> I want to be around that more often. I've been, throwing, you, I've been throwing fits in banks my whole life. <laughs> and you have a cast? Never got work. <laughs> I bet you the frumpy uh, person working on the other side of the counter was yelling just as loud. <laughs> Exactly. Still working there. (laughs) I know it's $100. I want it all in dimes. (laughs) (laughs) Not one part have you gotten for that. Not one. Not one. one. I can't imagine. Terrible. Uh, I thought this was interesting. She auditioned for the female lead of Nomi Malone and the movie Showgirls, which she didn't get, but it went to Elizabeth Berkley. (gasps) Could you have seen her in that? It would have been a very different movie. It would have been a good movie. I was going to say, in the sense that it would have been (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I would have loved to have seen that. It would have been a different kind of bad. Oh. Now, I actually do like Charlize Theron. I, I think that she does some really cool stuff. I liked Monster when she did that. And, of oh, course, yeah. she won the Best Actress Oscar for that. Italian Job? Italian Job. Arrest, really good. Arrested Development. Arrested Development. Oh, Arrested she's, Development. yeah, fierce. Absolutely hysterical. And uh, she was the second actress, the first one was Kim Bassinger, to win an Oscar after appearing naked in a Playboy magazine. Huh. Again, Kevin just left to go and Google that. <laughs> Get that right up. Mm. The, mm. the the other thing Kevin's done without success. Yes, uh, yes. Fitting, p- pitching a fit in the bank and appearing naked in naked. Playboy. Yeah. <laughs> Neither of those things have gotten him anywhere. I don't think you can appear. Work. You know, it's a bummer. I don't think you can appear naked in Playboy anymore. I don't even think they do uh, nudie right. stuff. Just do articles. Do yeah. Oh, you're pretending you has, didn't know that. that. Well, has articles. Yeah. <laughs> 
in in all honesty, I was sliding my own picture into a bunch of Playboys, so oh. they didn't actually publish it. You were just putting your headshot at him. I was just putting Polaroids of his naked self naked, at the magazine rack. Just at random Playboys. Oh all my over god! Town. I remember my favorite thing. I don't know why I remember this, but in the like '80s when I was a kid, my friend Marla and I used to go and look at the Beaver Hunt in Hustler because that was the best kind of porn because it was. Low rent white oh. trash to submit your own ah. beaver hunt. Uh. It was the best. Did you ever see anybody wow. you know? Oh, <laughs> holy crap, it's Kathy. Right. I can't believe we didn't, but that was sweet. <laughs> that was some good porn because you go, I could do that. Yeah. I got That's what right. it takes. Oh. They're just like us. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Ungroomed. Oh, my God. Uh, let's wish a very happy birthday to our second birthday girl who starred in Vision Quest and Dick Tracy. We're still guessing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I was literally I having say starred in Vision Quest. I was literally talking about Vision, Vision Quest, Quest today at work. We were talking about. Who is it? Glenn Headley. Oh no, but she's wonderful, isn't she? Headley Fiorentino. Nope. That's a good guess, though, because oh, she's wait. in Dick, Dick Tracy. Tracy. Dick Tracy. She it's did Madonna. star in. Madonna. Yes, it's Madonna. 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 She turns fifty. But that is not in Vision Quest. She's a it's singer a on the part. stage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. During her I was oh, just okay. throwing you a little wrench. Loud like swing. how I do. You get me on a Linda Fiorentino tangent, though, and I don't come back. I, oh. I, forgot to, I forgot to wrote a Madonna can play. She can play anywhere from a material girl to materialistic. I don't know. Yeah, it's I good. just pulled that out of my butt. Mm. Going to make anyway. weight? Still accurate. Thank you very much. She turned down. Oh, this is fun. So I did not know this going in, but there's a connection between these two amazing actresses. Charlize Theron, she tur- didn't do uh, Showgirls. That went to Elizabeth Berkeley. But Madonna turned down the role of Crystal Connors in Showgirls, who would have been opposite Charlize Theron, and they would have had a sex scene where they made out. Gina Gershon got that one? Yes! Oh, I think right? Gina, I, I'd rather see Gina. Gina was, goes on. Uh, Gina's yeah. so hot. But it just was interesting to think. Bound. Oh! oh. You know what? I and saw Kevin that in the movie again. theater. That is the wrong movie to see as a young man in the movie theater. <laughs> By yourself? Yeah. No, with my buddy Rob. Oh. Like, uh, did you have uh, one of those seats in between? The I'm not a homo seat? Yeah. No, no mm. we never had the I'm not did, a homo seat. Did you seat. get hung up by gunpoint on the way home? <laughs> yeah, we got, we got, <laughs> he, he got pulled out of his cab. <laughs> mm. Now, IMDb, this I found very interesting. So a lot of times people, their IMDb is written by themselves or their people. And this one... I don't know who wrote it for Madonna, but it says her performances have consistently drawn scathing or laughable reviews from film critics. And the films have usually been tepid and have a very bad success at the box office. Wow. Okay, I would fire that person if that was my PR person. Who's not paying attention to Madonna's IMDb? I know. I'm like, what? Somebody on their way out the door was like, I'll fix (laughs) you. But they had wonderful things to say about her music. But I just wanted to play a real quick game with you guys because I think it's always fun to see if we know what movies that celebrities have actually been in. So tell me whether or not Madonna has been in this movie. Okay. Shanghai Surprise with yes. Sean Penn. All right, very good. Body of Evidence. Yes, yes. Bullets Over Broadway. No, no. Bloodhounds of Broadway. Yes. <laughs> that just makes me not giggle. a movie. Die Another Day. No, no. She was. She was? She had a small part uncredited. Oh. Wow. Desperado. No. No. Grindhouse? You guys are right. No Grindhouse, no. No. Evita? Yeah, of yes. course. Six Days, Seven Nights? Yes. No. No. That's oh, oh, that's the, the Harrison Ford? Yeah. I was trying to mess you up because she's in a movie that's almost exactly the same poster. 
Because it was Madonna stranded on an island. Oh, swept away. Swept, swept away. away. Ah. <laughs> so I was just messing with you. Neither are very good. But I was just wondering, uh, what is your favorite Madonna movie? If you had to have a favorite well, Madonna movie. I think it was movie. Body of Evidence because we saw our boobies in that one. Oh, I yeah, didn't the, pay attention uh, to that. I Nipple go with Dick, Dick Tracy. Nipple, yep, yeah. I love Dick I love Tracy. Dick Tracy. I, I, we almost saw our boobies in that. Yeah. Very plunging. Everything. I thought she was fantastic Everything in plunged. Dick Tracy. <laughs> the music in Dick Tracy was fantastic. I remember when that soundtrack came out, and I was in love with all of it. Yeah. It was such a good... That would be a great movie musical. They should put that on Broadway. That'd be fun. Oh, my gosh. Such great stuff. Uh, Desperately Seeking Susan, I of course, is uh, one of her better efforts. So good. Right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Shot high. Well, she plays her. Right. Yeah. But she's. But who doesn't? There's so many people that play themselves, and they can just keep doing it. You know, like Tom Cruise just plays himself over and over. That's a tall yeah. order. You try. Awesome. You try to be Tom Cruise. I was just gonna say he knows how to be Tom Cruise, and he does it really well. Yeah, he always plays the best at everything. He's like the best oh. lawyer. Oh my god! You nailed I'm the it. Best, best pool thing. player. Yep. And then when he did Born on the Fourth of July, I'm the best cripple. You know. <laughs> You know how much I love when celebrities sing. This right. is true. You're going to get this a lot, uh, Kevin. When Especially in Hollywood. Now that you're in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, people are going to come up to you on the street and they're going to say, hey, tell me two interesting things about that Karen Volpe. And the first thing you're going to tell them is, it's not a wig. Right. Okay. It's not all a, hers. That's all my hair. Second thing you're going to tell people is that she loves when celebrities sing. I do. I very much love when celebrities sing. And so I decided to go a little different direction with this one because I found out a little fact that I thought was pretty cool. A little fact would be a... Uh, fun fact. Factoid. <laughs> a factoid. Fun factoid. Factet. So... Madonna, I always I know that people give her a bad rap, but I think she's done a lot with what she has. And um, she is so cool. She provided Weird Al with the idea yeah. of Like a Virgin to do Like a Surgeon and brought the idea to him, and he ran with it. So today wow. we're going to listen to a little Weird Al singing the inspired song Like a Surgeon, the gift from Madonna. A gift that we all got. We all get She to gave get, it to everybody, she really. Gave it to every, mm-hmm. Kind of like syphilis. She does give that to everybody. And I also want to say that I recently, <laughs> I recently saw Weird Al at the Hollywood Bowl, and I could not deal with it was me and the other girls we could not handle how sexy he is wow it was shocking we had to check in with each other we were like oh weird al looks really hot what's happening so i asked them and they're like i can't talk to you right now weird al's really hot yeah uh especially what is kirk cobain oh my god when he puts a wig on and then he comes out with his hair anytime he'd pull that crazy hair back and then like put it in a ponytail he's tall and good shape and he's just fantastic. And, and he owns a genre all to himself. Oh, he's so For talented. 30, no one does oh, that. He's so good. Yeah, he owns amazing. that whole genre. That's just him that does that. Absolutely. So happy birthday, Madonna. Happy birthday. We're, oh, Madonna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that wraps another showcast. Together we are the movie guys. Individually we are. Kira Preston. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the Movie Guys, uh, Facebook.com slash Movie Guys, iTunes, Instagram, all that stuff. And thank you to all of our listeners on WRFA 107.9 in Jamestown, New York. Come back every Monday at 8. Thanks to Kevin Tice. Yay! Thank you.
Where can we follow you on social? You uh, can follow me on Facebook, uh, but uh, go to my blog, invadingnirvanawordpress.com. Uh, uh, I'm blogging all about my trip here to L.A. And yeah, Keep there, in mind that he might blog about us. There are more Scientology We're details. We're in L.A. Anything you want to know about acting in L.A., come to Invading Nirvana. How do I get a job? That's right. right. And thanks to Steve Schultz for his writing contributions to the show every week. And as ever, we owe everything to To Pat Pat Peach. Peach. Next week calms down and shows its August roots with Mechanic Resurrection and Don't Breathe. We'll see you then.